We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom, to one-on-one, a KC Sports Network podcast. I am your co-host, nine-year NFL veteran, Mike DeVito, here as always with my brother, nine-year NFL veteran and Chiefs Super Bowl champion, Jeff Allen. We are here to bring you all things Kansas City Chiefs football from a player's perspective. We are in week two now of training camp, guys getting after it. We've seen some great stuff uh, from a lot of people out there on that field and really excited about the season this year. And so Jeff and I are going to talk about some of our favorite run drills today, fight during training camp, uh, favorite types of uh, um, practice schedules and things like that. So we got all kinds of good stuff on the on the menu today. But before we get into it, we can we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our sponsor. That's Cookie Society Cookie. They are the best. They ship cookies worldwide. Check them out. There it is. Jeff's got the got the swag on. Uh, Listen. Like I said every time, we're Lyman. I can't say it enough. We know our food. These cookies are the best you're going to find. Check them out, cookiesociety.com. And so with that, Big Jeff, how are you doing today, brother? I'm great. Football's back. None of this counts until the pads come on, and the pads are finally on in training camp. So football's officially back. We have a preseason game tonight with the Cowboys and the Steelers. My, my My blood is pumping. I'm ready to go. Oh, and Jeff, not just back but back to somewhat normal, right? Where we yeah. have fans at practice, fans going to be in the stands. Uh, you're going to have that excitement. And I know even as a fan watching the game last year, and we've talked about this, it really is not the same without the fans yeah. in the stadium. Even when you watch it on TV, it's not the same. You can tell yeah. it's different. So I know I can speak for everybody who say we are excited about this season to get going. Um, so talking chief specific, we've seen stuff on Twitter. We've seen the social media. We've seen stuff the guys are doing out there on film, uh, and they look fantastic. And so before I get into Chiefs specific stuff, I want to talk about fights during training camp, uh, because this is something I think different coaches that I've been around have had different philosophies on. Uh, and Coach Reed came out and said something about it recently. But we just saw with the Giants a big fight that they have, and Coach Judge making everybody, you know, run rat laps and do push-ups and all the stuff that you you see college teams doing. He's got those guys out there in New York doing it. And so, I guess before I give my point of view, what what are your thoughts on on fighting during training camp? There's no way around it. They're going to happen. I mean, you have guys competing, fighting for jobs, fighting for their livelihoods, um, literally to put food on their tables for their families. So, I mean, it gets heated at times. 
Uh, for me personally, you know, I would sometimes get in fights when I was younger. <laughs> I had a lot of energy, um, but as I got older, <laughs> you kind of talk, start to talk things out. Like, you know what, man, you know, just, you know, relax on some of the extra stuff after the whistle. Right. And it would take a lot more for me to, you know, get into an altercation. But yeah, they're, they're going to happen. I, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as it doesn't carry over to the locker room. I mean, yeah. we're all grown men, we're all teammates, and we understand things happen on the field. But it becomes an issue when it, when it crosses the line and things start happening outside of outside the lines. Right. And, and you know, in my career, I don't think I ever saw anything like that happen that no. left the field into the locker room. I think guys really are good at keeping it on the field. And, but just like you said, it's, it's hot. You're, you know, you're tired. You guys have been going after it for a while. You're trying to make the team. I, the one thing like you said that I did notice was, I fought a lot more when I was running with the twos and the threes. Yeah. You get up with the ones, and now you're running with the big boys, and everybody's kind of been there and done that. Um, there's a little bit less of that. Like, you and I weren't going to – we were going to go hard, but we weren't going to have a fight during training camp. You know what I mean? That's definitely not. But you, you go I mean, with those two training camp, so you, You're working so hard, you don't have any energy to even talk. So Right. <laughs> and that's, and that's it. Yeah, that's what Andy Reid said. They asked Andy Reid recently in, in the press, I think it was today, about the fights. And he said, look, we're, we're going we're gonna to keep it clean. We're going to be competitive. We're going to be physical. But honestly, these guys should be too tired from all the stuff that we're doing to ever have energy to fight. Yeah. Uh, that's so true, man, in Kansas City. I mean, was the, I mean, we've talked about it. That was, that was just the case. Uh, an interesting story, though. I When I was in New York, we were really big on – being aggressive and and especially under Rex Ryan. Rex, Rex's yeah. motto out there was always we're going to build a bully. Right? We're going to build a bully. We want to be that that defense that they you know, the other team circles on on the calendar and says, "Oh, we don't want to play against those guys." And so we used to our training camp was just Jeff, it was just a brawl all the time. Constantly we were just every other play was a fight. And and you can ask Rex this. It, 2012 season we're, we're same thing, aggressive. We're getting after it. We're fighting. And then one day Rex pulls the Joe Judge thing, right? We started fighting again. It was like the fifth time in three days. And so yeah. he blew the whistle. He put everybody on the line and he made us run laps, right? And if you talk to Rex, he'll tell you, he's like, I noticed. He's like, it was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my career is punishing you guys for that. He said, because I knew right away, I saw everything go down after that, after that moment and the aggressiveness stopped. And, um, and, and, you know, and then we finished, you know, we ended up going six and 10 that year for the season. Yeah. So, I, so like I have different feelings about this. I understand what coach Reed is saying. I also like that team that is mad as hell every play that the guys yeah. want to fight every play, you know? So do you feel that yeah. where you're kind of balancing that tension? There's definitely, there's a balance. Um, I think, it could be productive and counterproductive. It's just yeah. it's just finding that correct balance and, and letting guys, you know, hash things out on the field, but also not letting it interfere with you getting work in. If right. it's taken away from time during periods, if you're you know you're missing out on reps or or, or possibly guys getting hurt, um, that's when it becomes you know unproductive and it's it's, it's not good for the team. But football is all the mentality, right? It's aggression. It's learning how to build that beast. Learning how to be a bully. Um, you have to have that. You have to have that, you know, that alpha male, alpha male passion. Have to go out there and want to win and, and compete. So you can't take that away from them, but you also can't, you know, go too far with it. Right. Right. 
and, and you know, it, it does carry over into, onto Sundays. When I, when I think about sort of the attitude and that bully mentality, and I think about the offensive line, every week we play an offensive line, there usually was one guy that was the guy that was going to knock you over the pile, that was going to push you down, push your face in there, you know, be talking crap to you. And I loved it because you were that guy on the yeah. team. Right? It's, it was kind of like it's kind of like hockey, right? You know, hockey teams will have that one guy that's that's going to fight. Like he's the fight. Like he's not even that good at hockey, but he just wants to fight. Like, like, like you were good. Obviously, you were good at you. Were, you were obviously one of the best at what you do. But you were the brawler as well. And so, what is it like? Just give us some inside perspective on what it's like to be that guy on the offensive line who's going to just be nasty all the time. Honestly, like for me. It was the way that I got out for the games. It gave me that chip on my shoulder. And if you're going to be out there um, competing at that level, talking crap, you better back it up. Yeah. And for me, I, I put that out of pressure on myself so I could perform, you know, better than some of my God-given abilities. I made myself a lot better by just talking crap. And it's a mental game. If I mean, this guy must be really good if he said some of these things to me. Um, but but also bringing it, just just showing it, not just talking it, bagging it up. And it gets the other guys involved. And it's you're having fun. Yeah, you're having yeah. fun with, with, with a band of brothers. You're out there, you're competing, and, and you want to win and, right. and rub it in their faces. Right. I love it. No, that's exactly and, – and I remember saying – I think – I don't know if I sent you a tweet, if I subtweeted something or sent you a text message, but the 2016 season, the year after I retired, you went down to Houston, and I was watching you play, and you buried somebody just yeah. you know, face in the mud. And I – I think I tweeted it. I said, you know, one of the reasons why I'm grateful I retire is I don't have to deal with Jeff anymore. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, just watching you do it. I was like, as a defensive lineman, you you hate that guy, right? That's the guy you see on film man. the week before. And you're like, oh, man, I don't want to play. And I, knew, and I knew that. And and most offensive linemen, we know if, it's almost like being a pest. We know yeah. you guys don't like that little extra shove after the whistle. <laughs> you don't like getting pushed over the pile. You don't like – you know, when we lay on you an extra second after we dump you, right. all those little things agitate you and it gets you out of your game. I mean, right. you got your responsibilities. If you're thinking about beating up on me so much, you're not thinking about, you know, the greater good of the team. So right. you know, I use that as an advantage. That was like a, you know, a tactic that I used every single game of my career. Uh, you were great at it, brother. You coupled that with your talent and it was obviously speaks to the, you know, it shows in the career that you had. But but yeah, so okay, so that's fights during training camp. Now let's let's transition to um, favorite drills, right? Favorite, whether it be team periods, individual periods. Uh, what are some of the things that you like best to do during training camp? For me, it was nine on seven. Because, oh, I was going to say the same. You know, same. Nine on seven. It was so much fun for me because it was dedicated to the run. It was a period where we both knew what was going on. It was, it was run, inside mm -hmm. run, um, and a lot of the times. We were able to double team guys like Mike DeVito, guys that were tough to move. <laughs> we were able to move them a little bit, have a little bit of fun. Um, and then those guys who were dedicated pass rushers, yeah. on third down or, or have a field day during one-on-ones, um, we were able to humble them during those periods. But for some <laughs> reason, those aren't on social media. They right. only got the one-on-one reps when they beat an offensive lineman. So oh, the periods where we got all of our payback and we enjoyed those offensive lines. Oh, nine on seven was so much fun. And and here's how I knew every year we were going to be successful. The run game in Kansas City, Andy Reid's run game uh, and EB's run game is so nuanced. And they know exactly, especially as defensive linemen, you guys knew exactly what we were thinking, right? So one example, um, 
you guys, this was a nine on seven. The bad plays haunt me. You know, I still wake up thinking about the times I messed up. So I can I can't tell you anything I did well, but I'll tell you all the bad stuff I did. That's all. Um, and there was a nine on seven, 2015. Um, you guys came out in 21 personnel. You had near eye with the tight end on the ball. So and I'm playing the left defensive end. You guys are in that right, you know, uh, near eye um, uh, formation. And so I'm thinking, ah, oh, we're we're good, we're good. I'm, you know, I'm, this is a double team or something coming my way. Then before the snap, the tight end who was Fasano at the time steps back, right? Just steps steps off the ball like he's going to motion, but now he's you know he's a yard off the ball. And I'm thinking, oh well, you know. So now, so at first I'm wide in my stance, getting ready for this double team between the tight end and the tackle. He steps off the ball. I think, oh, now now they're not going to run the ball at the tight end who's off the ball, right? I mean, if they're going to keep him on the ball, if they're going to run it that way. He steps off. I'm thinking, oh, okay, so I, I move my position down now to more of a, a head-up four instead of that five. Easier block. Hike the ball, double team with the tight end, and dr drove all the way down, right? Because now I'm totally misread it out of position and just killed. And I just remember thinking – they knew that was such a smart little – and, like, I don't even know if I had ever seen that during a game before. But I was like, what a smart thing to do. Like, the second yeah. – as a defensive end, the second you see near eye, you're thinking double team. But then the second you see the tight end go off the ball, you're thinking, well, they're not coming this way now. Uh, and so just Andy Reid's ability to know what we're thinking and take advantage of it yeah. was incredible. I mean – what, what was it like learning that run game? Was it a pretty complex? Because you guys did a bunch of different stuff. I mean, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for us, um, he's the master of disguise. Um, so he did a, a ton of stuff with shifts, motions, putting guys in positions to make their blocks easier, knowing how the defense would react to certain things um, is what gave us an advantage in the run game. I don't want to get too much away because – Maybe yeah. a competitor is listening yeah, to Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Um, but he always did a great job of putting guys in great positions and, you know, throwing, in, you know, one look this week and then changing it up the next week. And guys were always confused and it made us look great. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, that's a good point. Hey, let's tell the producers back there. Let's think about cutting that. I don't know if yeah. Andy Reid's still running that, but maybe we should think about cutting that part out. Damn, I give it away. See, that's what happens when you're out for too long. You're Start good. They watch, they, they, watch, they, watch him. they watch him. I mean, he's been doing this forever. <laughs> oh, all right. So, 9 out 7, I, I, I kind of figured you and I would, would be on the same page with that. Let's – you see a lot – you talked about it and you see a lot on Twitter and a lot of the clips yeah. of the one-on-one, you know, the one-on-one -on -one, uh, period, right? So you got one offensive lineman versus one defensive lineman. It's a pass rush drill. And so I think you and I are going to, again, have the same perspective here. But what – is one-on-one a productive drill? What do you think about one-on-one? Is, is it – do guys get better doing one-on-ones? You definitely get better. Um, but – it is geared and shifted toward the defense. It is built for you to win. It puts us in a, you know, a really tough position. Um, you, first off, you know it's pass. Um, there's no movement of the pocket. There's no help. Um, and sometimes defensive linemen take advantage of that, you know, with their alignments and things that they would never do during a game. Um, they do during one-on-ones. I mean, I mean, you can look around the league, and there's some guys right now probably dominating in one-on-ones that won't do anything during the season. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, that, that's just the honest truth uh, because offensive line, we work as a unit. Um, usually most teams rush four. You know, sometimes they rush three. 
and we work together. You know, we, we, we create the integrity of pocket. We pass things off. We help our buddy move on, help the next. So it's not never, especially inside, there's not many one-on-one opportunities right. in particular center. Um, so it's tough for me to look at one-on-ones and, and get excited one way or the other. Yeah. I just look at it like, okay, we're, we're doing it and we know what it is. No, I totally agree. I would watch one-on-ones and, and, and I laugh about how, you know, if I had, you know, if I had a stack and a half in a season, I was real good. I, I was a good year for me, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I think about one-on-ones and I remember as a player being like, uh, you know, I won, but I can't get much out of this. Right. Because yeah. I, I had, you know, six yards to work on one guy um, and it was just, I could, you know, anything I threw him, I knew it was pass. Uh, I could jump way inside. I could jump way outside. I could press the inside shoulder. It was just so many things you could do. You know, nobody was going to help. Um, and so I, you know, it was bad if you lost. It was yeah. real bad if you lost. Like, come on, nobody, you know, you should win this every time. Uh, but I also, if, when I did win, I was like, well, all right, whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it wasn't, I didn't find it to be a super helpful drill. You know, when it, during the regular season, what was good about one-on-ones is if you were going up against the guy and you sort of had a pass rush game plan that you were going to, you know, a guy you were going to play against on Sunday, right? So you're scouting your opponent for Sunday. You see the guy you're going against, you see what works against him to then say, okay, let me take this to one-on-ones and try these moving on one-on-ones, you know, and see how they work and get, get the feel for it. Then it was beneficial. Uh, but just your one-on-ones during training camp, uh, I didn't get much out of that. But Trey Smith, I mean, this, you know, you've seen the clips of one-on-ones with Trey, and um, you see him going against Chris Jones. Yeah. Now, there's one-on-ones against your average defensive lineman, and then there's one-on-ones against Chris Jones. If you can block Chris Jones in one-on-ones, you are good to go. Yep. You, you, you will not – I mean, Jeff, you – I've seen Chris Jones give the um, – Who's the really good guard for the Colts? Um, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson. So most people would say he's one of the best linemen in yeah. the league. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones give him a hard time, right? Yeah. Nobody gives him a hard time. So if you're if this young man, this rookie, is going up against Chris Jones in one on ones and and not only holding his old but succeeding, right, thriving, geez, I'm crow. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. So you you commented on Twitter. You saw the clips. Tell me what you see in this in this young man because it's unbelievable. I mean, he's he's beyond his years. I, I expect him to start this season. Just from not what I've seen in short clips, the ability to stonewall guys, guys that I've played against that I know are strong. I mean, Jaron Reed, I, I played him several times. He's he's a great football player. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones is obviously one of the best, if not the best, interior rushers in the league. Mm-hmm. And for him to go out there and put you know good showing against those guys, that is very very impressive. Uh, I think. Obviously, he's young. He's going to have growing pains. He's going to make mistakes. But his ability to fight, um, his ability to recover. I mean, the clip that's been circulating on social media, Chris Jones, he didn't take a great pass set at all. Mm. And he still recovered and got in a good position and won the rep. I don't know how many guys in the league that can do that. Like, I'm, I'm being honest, that could yeah. put themselves in a position like that in a one-on-one drill with Chris Jones and not give up a sack. So... That was very encouraging, and, and that's what I saw. I was like, okay, this kid's going to be special seeing something yeah. like that. I haven't seen much, but that one clip, there's not many human beings that can do that on this day. No, no, and, and Jeff, not only 
not only is it, um, you know, a hard one-on-one -on -one drill, it's a rookie in his first day in pads yeah. in the NFL, his first year in the NFL, and he's doing that. Exactly. I mean, I wasn't – I maybe got three reps as a you know, <laughs> rookie in my first year in training camp, three reps a day. I mean, so for him to be with the ones – going against Chris Jones and stonewalling him in one-on-ones in his first day in pads. I mean, how did – so he got drafted in what, the sixth round? Sixth round. Some guys just have it. I'll tell, I guess, a brief story on why I'm a big fan of Trey Smith's. Um, it was his – I don't know what year it was, but it was his freshman year. And, you know, Saturday nights when, when we're eating dinners, you know, the, the college football games are on. Mm. And we're watching Tennessee play. And number 73, big kid. I just see him dominating every single play. And I was like, that kid's about to go first round, you know? He's going to probably go top 10. Yeah. And someone turned to me. I think it was like when it was on the assistant line coach. He says, oh, he's a freshman. <laughs> and I was just blown away. And from that moment, I made sure to, you know, follow him throughout his college career. And um, unfortunately, he slipped because of health reasons. But, you know, it looks like he's fully healthy. Um, definitely, to me, the biggest still the draft. And I think he's going to have a great career. Can, I don't understand Veach and Andy Reid. I mean, when you look at the playmakers that this team has and where they got these playmakers, you know, where, where in the draft these guys got drafted. Yeah. I mean, he's they, they got the secret sauce over there. They figured out some kind of metric or something, Jeff. But, boy, they get it. A testament to, um, you know, how well they evaluate. And then some things just – it's just common sense, to be honest with you. There's some guys that – you just know are going to be good football players, and, and we see it as players. And sometimes they slip in the draft, and when they get picked, we're like, well, he's going to have a great career. And, and sometimes people are shocked because of the position he got drafted in. But, I mean, you, you can tell. I mean, Trey Smith, on film, he's always looked like that guy. Um, yeah. He's going to continue to look like that guy. So I'm excited to see what it looks like when there's real action, you know, during the regular season. But what he's shown so far, um, as long as he keeps the same attitude, he's going to be a good one. Yeah. yeah, that's that is certainly true. Okay, so we talked about our favorite drills being nine on seven. Another day, training camp day, that is basically just nine on seven the whole time is short yardage goal line day. Yeah. yeah. So the, usually once, sometimes twice a camp, players will have or Coach Reed will have a short yardage goal line day, which is a live all day. It's basically all run, and you're doing short yardage and goal line red zone situations. These days are so physical that I remember those nights before, I couldn't sleep. I'd be in the dorm room, and I couldn't sleep just thinking about these these days uh, because they're, they're just turned up to another level. Uh, and so I, I really – I mean, this is when you, you have – it's just so much fun because you're – it's it's as physical as it gets, right? The game doesn't get more physical than short yardage goal line. And so tell tell me, I mean, do you feel this? Did you get those butterflies the night before, thinking about you know, uh oh, we got you know, we got fourth down and goal line tomorrow? Definitely, and, and you knew you were in for you know a long day afterward with the ice tubs and and soreness, but it was yeah. fun. Honestly, I had a, I enjoyed it. Um, it's crazy that the most physical play in football is for one yard. Yeah, <laughs> one, it's one yard, and it's the most physical play. There's bodies flying over the place. There's guys giving maximum effort because it's one of the most important situations in football. Is either you get that first down 
you know, extended drive or a touchdown, you know, to win the game or something like that, depending on the situation. So guys are giving full effort, flying, and yeah, it, 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 it's it's a fun a fun period. I I always enjoyed, and we were talking about this before um, before we started recording. I always enjoyed run um, run periods, nine on seven, short yardage, goal line stuff like that, because obviously that's how I made my career. And the run game is something you can get better at. Yeah. I mean, the run game is really a mentality. In the pass rush game, especially now, if you're not agile, explosive, if you can't move side to side quick, if you don't have, you know, the long enough arms to, to get guys off you, you know, there's a lot of God-given ability that goes into pass rushing, right? So you you can get better at pass rushing, but it, it's hard to go from an average yeah. player to a perennial Pro Bowl pass rusher. Yes, absolutely. So the run game, you can really – uh, you can really make your make a living doing that, and I obviously speaking from experience. I mean, that's that's how I got it done. So I always enjoyed these these run periods because I was like, oh wow, you know, this is where I can get better doing this. I can learn this game and, and a little trick. So here's a little trick that I used to do as a defensive lineman, and Jeff, you could you could uh, attest to this. Uh, you were always on the inside, but when, when we were doing goal line periods, I'd be that four eye position on the left side usually most of the time. Yeah. Right, so I'm right on the inside of the right tackle. Now, run, run the run situations, the run, uh, the way the runs are sort of done on offense most of the time is the tackles are down blocking and they're down blocking hard, right? They want to, they want to collapse the pocket, they want to collapse the sort of the inside, get everything knocked down so the ball can bounce out and around. And so, 90% of the time, that's how that's how the tackle would block me, which is blocking down, he'd block down hard. And so what I used to do, and I watched Haloti Nada do this all the time, and I, I used to copy him, was when we'd get in that, we'd get in that uh, that goal line situation, I would put all my weight forward, right, and just be leaning, looking like I'm going to shoot that gap. And then the second that ball was hiked, I would jam step out and go just quick right around the tackle. He would fall on his face and oh, right. bend like hell back inside. Uh, and I, <laughs> I remember making a play against Dallas – uh, doing that in the 2013 season. But, you know, the tackle would always get so mad, right, because he'd be waiting for me just to, to stop me from penetrating, and all of a sudden, boop, I'm right out of there. Yeah. Uh, and so you've got to learn little tricks like that. But, but yeah, no, that that uh, short yardage goal line, that, that's a man's day, right? That's a double chin strap day. And, now, look, and I guess I'll give you away my trick then. Yeah, yeah. My trick was always to try to cut you, and if I couldn't cut you, I'd grab your shoe and try to untie it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I missed it. Let me get him. <laughs> oh, see, that's great. Yeah, man, that's good. That way, the next time they're tripping all over themselves trying to get in there. Uh, but there was nothing worse, though, than I mean, goal line is really something you have to learn how to do well because you you can't play you can't play it like you're playing out on the field. Like you said, you're trying to cut. If you're if, as a defensive lineman, if you're not low, and I'm talking real low. You're getting blown out of there, and I had some terrible plays that I can remember getting driven off the ball on goal line because I just stood up just a little bit, and now the you know the offense is in the end zone. And you guys are always great at that at Kansas City, which was surprising because when we were out in the field. You were always spread out, uh, you know, doing a lot of eleven personnel runs, uh, twelve personnel sort of zone type runs. And so I always thought, man, when we get into that goal line situation, these guys aren't going to be able to hold up, you know, because they're just so used to, you know, doing the zone stuff. And then you guys would bring it. 
I mean, those yeah. goal line drills were no joke. Uh, and so, again, it just speaks to Andy Reid, not only with the personnel he's able to put together, but his ability to teach the team to play fast and also play physical when need be. Definitely. I mean, he did a good job. And he's a good situational coach. In those yeah. situations, goal line, short yardage, he always has a plan. And he, he sets you up for success. So it's no surprise when they have success in those, in those areas because yeah. those are the most critical plays during the game. I mean, yeah. NFL, NFL games are so close. It always comes down to one or two plays, ultimately, when you look in a film. Like, if you lose a game, like, oh, man, like, if we were just a little bit better during thir on third down or a little better in the red zone or a little better on goal line, those are all situations that we constantly go over two-minute, four-minute. Those win games. Those, right. those are the situations that he constantly um, goes over, and, and that's why they're so good at him. Yeah, and that, that really – I mean, that's – that's what training camp is mostly made up of. I mean, we talked about the sort of long drive drill and, you know, sometimes coach will just place the ball out there and we'll, we'll go live, but 90% of team periods in camp are situational football, yeah. right? You know, second and long, uh, you know, uh, third and long, um, uh, like you said, two minute, four minute, short yardage, goal line, uh, backed up, uh, yeah. all those different things that all present different challenges um, uh, all present sort of the, their own unique mindset and you just constantly rep those things. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's what training camp is. It's, it's getting used to that because once the regular season gets going, now it's game plan, right? So you go through that stuff quick, but now most of your time is, is spent studying the other team. And so training camp is where you really put the hay in the barn, so to speak. Um, and so that's why it's good to see these guys out there thriving, doing well, big Jeff. And so, Chiefs Kingdom, thank you so much for being with us again this week. We'll be back next week with more stuff. Hoping to get some guests on here soon, and we'll continue our training camp coverage. But, Big Jeff, thank you so much for, for being on again today. And, and uh, uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in. And, and here we go. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.